welcome to the Mastering College to Career podcast where we're here to help you land your dream job. So if at any time during this episode you find any value, please make sure you take a screenshot and you share it with a friend. And don't forget, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. That will mean the world. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career podcast. Today, I have an amazing student guest for you. I have Alejandro Chardon, and he is a student at the University of Central Florida. And I actually have never personally met Alejandro, but I'm excited that he's on the podcast because I've heard a couple of great things about him from a couple of mutual friends. But after visiting his LinkedIn, I was extremely impressed. I don't think that I've seen many students that have such a well-done LinkedIn like Alejandro. So I am so excited to learn more about him and his story and even learn more about what motivated him to create such an awesome LinkedIn account. So without further ado, Alejandro, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, my friend? Daniel, I'm doing good. Thank you for the invitation. Excited to share my insights with your audience and just share you know, my experience with, with everybody. So thank you for having me. Perfect, man. So before we dive into really talking about LinkedIn and talking about all the million things you do, let's go back in history, right? Let's learn a little bit about you. What makes you tick and what brought you to Orlando? Yeah, man. So I'm from Puerto Rico. I lived 21 years on the island and I was studying microbiology over here in the University of Puerto Rico at Maya West. Um, You know, I I joined some science and pre-med student associations, but I also joined the bicycle movement in my university. So we developed bicycle infrastructure. We painted the first bicycle lane in the whole university uh, system in Puerto Rico. And then from there, we stemmed nine people, nine co-founders to uh, start the first bicycle cooperative in the University of Puerto Rico. So it was kind of like a startup bicycle shop where we offered bicycle services to the community. And then we were looking to implement the first bicycle sharing system on the island. Then uh, a few months after that, I joined a leadership program called MLT, Management Leadership for Tomorrow. Uh, that really helped me jumpstart my career um, and kind of helped me identify what I wanted to do with the rest of my uh, college life, um, which led me to identify that I wanted to be in healthcare. Uh, a little bit before that, I, I experienced Hurricane Maria here in Puerto Rico. Uh, it was a hard time for everybody on the island. Uh, personally, we were one month without power or water. Uh, it's prudent to say that there was people with more time uh, that experienced like seven, 10 months without those resources. Uh, but after that, I managed to pivot from the University of Puerto Rico to the University of Central Florida, where I started uh, studying health services administration. I landed an internship with a tech company in Chicago. And then this summer, I'll be working with a healthcare company in Denver. So I'm excited to be in your podcast, man, uh, and, and answer all your questions. Man, I, I love it. I love it. So one of the things that you have said um, was that a big part of what's helped you develop yourself was MLT. Can we dive into that a little bit more? Yeah, I, I love giving them a shout out because they invest so much in their fellows. It's an 18-month 
leadership development program where they help you kickstart your career essentially because it starts early from your time in college. So they recruit the rising juniors and then they train them in professional development. So think your resume, resume building, interviewing, and then networking. And then essentially they do, they host four seminars throughout the 18 months where you get to go to different locations. They flow me to California, Texas, Orlando, when I was back in Puerto Rico. And they create this mini networking recessions, uh, sessions with a lot of companies because they have a lot of partners, right? Um, so they have partners in investment banking, consulting, healthcare, retail, you name it. And there's only 350 people that are in the room. And, and out of the 350 people, maybe for healthcare, there were like 20 people that were interested in healthcare. For consulting, there was a little bit, a lot more. Uh, but what I'm trying to say here, the competition just reduces drastically compared to maybe a job fair at UCF or a job fair at another university where there's thousands of other competitors or students that are trying to you know, land those internships as well. So it's just a great program that helps you develop yourself professionally and personally. Love it. And so one other thing, how did you get into this program? Did you apply for it? Did somebody uh, submit you for it? How, did, how does something like that to go into this type of program work? Extensive application program, uh, uh, extensive application process. Uh, so you have to do two interviews, uh, one via, I mean, two via um, video conference, and then the other one uh, through an interview software that they use. Uh, personally, that was the first time using one of those softwares, so that was really confusing. And then two essays, two letters of recommendation, 3.5 GPA plus, um, which is a really high bar to get into the program. But once you get in, you get all the good stuff. Like you get the network, you get the coaches, you get the access to the companies and, and travel. It's just amazing. So it's a high, high bar to get in. But uh, I think that's, that's what make, makes it worthwhile. And so I also saw on your LinkedIn that you went to MIT for a little bit for a boot camp. You had, was that part of that program or did you do this on your own? That was on my own. That, that, that's a cool story because I was just scrolling through Facebook and then they targeted me with one of those targeted ads. It was, a, you know, just like a normal ad, but it was for MIT. It was the first ad that I saw related to something productive. And I was like, okay, and I, I do have some knowledge on how they target people. So I was like, they targeted me, so I'm gonna check this out. And I went in the, the online uh, website that they have, and I just read through it and I was like, I'm applying. It was a healthcare innovation bootcamp, a one week program where, they, uh, where you have to go to Boston, to MIT and Harvard Medical School, and then you get to partner up with four other people and build a venture essentially. And then Friday, you have to pitch in front of 100 plus people. And then there was a couple of uh, uh, first place, second place, third place, and our team won first place in that pitch competition. 
uh, we were lucky enough that we had an actual doctor in our team and that he, he, you know, he provided some great credibility to the medical device that we designed. But that was just a great experience, you know. Uh, so the application process also, you know, I had to do uh, a pitch of myself for one minute recorded, uh, pre-recorded pitch, uh, online interview software thing, uh, essays and all that stuff. So, but the difference here is that I paid a lot of money to go to that, which I crowdfunded. Uh, a part of it worked, another part of it, and then my parents, you know, supported me with the rest. So that was a lot of money, but I, it was worth every penny. That's amazing. And another thing that you know you no longer have on your um, LinkedIn is the Forbes. You were able to go to the Forbes 30 under 30 conference um, as a Forbes scholar. I want I want to talk about that too because you even talked about when we were previously recording this how you mentioned how you just applied. Right? Mm -hmm. And so tell me that story as well because I see a trend here. I don't know if you can see the same trend that I'm seeing. Look, I'll, I'll follow your line. If you just put yourself out there, you'll be impressed with the amount of opportunities that you will get. And I mean that literally, you know, like my mom always taught me to put yourself out there. And then if you get rejected, you let the other people tell you no. You don't tell you no to yourself before. You know how many people I've, I've heard that they don't apply to a certain position or to a certain program just because they think they're going to get rejected. That's absurd. That's, that's definitely a fixed mindset. And, and if you want to stem away from that fixed mindset, you got to go into where the opportunities are. And that's with a growth, mind, growth mindset. So the same for the Forbes under 30 on the 30 conference. Uh, there was a link running through a couple of group chats that I was in. Uh, partially thanks to the MLT network. And that link was running through. And I was like, oh, Forbes, that's, uh, you know, that's high level. And uh, I don't know if I should apply, but again, applying what, you know, my philosophy of just getting yourself out there and not, and not saying no to yourself before, I just applied. And then to my surprise, when I went into the application process, it was just two essays, 100 words each. It was the easiest thing ever. And then they paid for your ticket to go there. And I think I also had a friend that he was like, oh, maybe next year I'll apply when I'm more ready or when, when I feel they'll, they'll take me. And then after I got it, like, I, I think I got accepted into that conference in two days. And I was like, yo, you, like, you got to apply there. I think they're, they're taking a lot of people. It's just, just put that into context. Like, you don't know how easy stuff uh, comes to you if you don't actually get yourself out there. Th that's insane. Let me ask you a question. How many times you think an organization has has paid for your plane ticket somewhere as a college student? I, I would say like five to six times. I want you, what's that number again? <laughs> like five to six times. I, every student listening should, should listen to that. And how many different organizations would you say? I would say three. So there's not, it's not a coincidence that he got three different organizations to fly him out to a educational conference of some sort. 
to an event that's worth, it's about professional development where once you graduate, you got to pay for that yourself. Yes. That's the advantage of being a student. You're like, I, you, people don't know, students don't know the power that they have just by being a student. They take that for granted. If you're able to just know this, like, like there's a lot of programs and funding for students, then you should have to get into this, uh, into this mindset of, okay, it exists. Now it's my turn to actually put in the work and apply it to this, you know, opportunities. Like they won't come looking for you, but they exist. And then once you know that, then you have to switch gears and go after them, but they do exist. So it's funny. So when, 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 I, when I wanted to do this episode with you, I was just really impressed by your LinkedIn profile. And that was really the main reason why I wanted to do this episode with you. And I really wasn't gonna dive into LinkedIn. But the more we, we talk to you about, the more I see a lot of common themes of how when I was in school and what you're going through, because it's been very hard to articulate what made me different when I was in school. Why did I find so much success when I was a college student, even though I had a horrible GPA? I can tell you probably had a much better GPA than I, because I didn't even have a 3.0. So I would have never got into any of the programs that you did. But I got scholarships from the marketing department at UCF knowing that I didn't have a good GPA because not many people applied to them. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, that, that's the theme that I wanted like stress in this episode. And as I know I have a couple of more questions for you that I know is going to continue to add to this is just go for it, apply, let somebody else tell you no. And what you're going to find and you correct me if, if I'm wrong is that it's a snowball effect. Because once you get one thing, like once you got into, um, once you got into the, the bicycle thing and you gain a little bit of experience, that allowed you to, to, to transition to MLT. And then MLT, I'm sure, was a great jumping board to allow you to do Forbes or to allow you to do any other thing that you're doing to get the internships that you're getting. And then the internships that you're getting are going to snowball and snowball and snowball and i think people figure that out way too late when it's so easy to create a snowball when you're a student it's exponential and and i agree that people find out about all this too late because i found out about this all too late um i i started all this in in my half third year like half of my third third year so you know i was doing microbiology just because, and then, you know, that, that's also attributed to a lack of mentorship and, and knowledge, uh, uh, yeah, information from, you know, my, my environment. But, you know, that's not the case for a lot of other universities, and that's not the case for a lot of students, because a lot of students, they do have the resources and the information available, they just ignore it. So um, now I'll say this, even if you find about all of this too late, it just erased that word too late because there's no such thing as too late. Like unless you're graduating tomorrow, then it may be a little bit too late to, you know, land internships, obviously, or maybe get some student funding because you're not a student anymore. But it's not too late, late to get into the mindset of being a go-getter and a high achiever. 
it's never too late. So that's what I, that's, that's exactly how I, I switched gears from, oh, I, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Uh, I don't know what I want to study. Uh, I, I don't think I'm good enough. When I switch gears in my mind of, you know, I, I now I call this growth mindset, you, you, you see the world in a different lens. It's not such a, as a limitations or obstacles. You use those obstacles as stepping stones. So if I don't have the GPA or the experience to get an internship, I'll look for a leadership experience in a student association, which will position me further ahead to apply to these positions and maybe get into the door, right? If not, I'll look for something else that I could do that could help me get to where I want to be. But it's the growth mindset that would allow you to get into the, the, the pace that you want to go. Like if you just sit back and, and watch the world pass by, that's exactly what the results will be. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I actually wrote a book and it's right now in editing stages. And I talk about everything you just said. I talk about having that growth mindset. I talk about going for it, build, building networks, building a network, building mentors, using LinkedIn to your advantage. Like it, it 100%. It, I think, you know, this growth mindset will help you throughout your life. And the mm -hmm. earlier you can figure that out, the better off you're going to be in the long term, because there is a compound interest. And this is why I care yeah. so much about this topic about making sure that you're doing what you're what you're currently doing right where you're putting yourself out there you're treating yourself like a million dollar brand on linkedin for sure that that compound effect is going to make a big difference let me give you a really quick example alejandro it is very very common to see two students graduating from the same university same major pretty much identical gpa graduate and have two different jobs, right? Let's say I give you an example, an accountant, right? Accountant graduated from University of Central Florida, 3.5 GPA, both very involved. One gets a job with company A, one gets a job with company B. The, the student who got a job with company A is making $60,000 a year. The student that got a job with company B is making $30,000 a year. The company A student did not do double the amount of work, didn't go to college for, for eight years, doesn't have an 8.0 GPA, yet he's making double that amount of money. And that difference is not just $30,000. If they both get a 5% raise, 20 years later, student A is now making $80,000 more than student B a year, right? all because of what decisions he made when he was a college student, right? Double, double, right? And money's not the motivating factor for everybody, but talk about anything you want, whether it's money, whether it's growth, whether it's professional development, whether it's X. Or job satisfaction. Because like often when you get into more competitive companies, the type of work is... I think more interesting, you know, you, you, maybe you have a better leadership development program within that company yeah. uh, or the type of projects that you're assigned are more interesting or more fulfilling. Uh, that's a better ROI, you know? 
100%. Like, you can't tell me, like, Google or even Apple or all these companies, not only do they pay more, but they also have immense job satisfaction from their employees. Unlimited time off. They have perks. They have, you know, they're doing things that are helping humanity. Like, whatever that, like, you know, whatever that is that makes you tick. But what I'm saying is that difference between the company A and company B is not double the amount of work. It's not double the effort. It's literally just the extra degree of applying yourself mm-hmm. and having that growth mindset. It's literally just that growth mindset and the opportunity to be able to yeah. build a network to understand what's around you. Mind if I share a story related to that? Sure, please. So when I was applying to all these companies, uh, like I said, I was in the MLT network and I, I, I'm with people in the room that go to Stanford, uh, Emory, Duke, whatever, like top, top universities and have good experiences, like previous internship experiences. At that time, I didn't have anything other than, you know, the bicycle cooperative and the projects that I did back in Puerto Rico. When I was applying to all these companies, I got rejected 17 times before I got my first yes. And I got my first yes, maybe late March uh, or early April. You know how close that is to to starting an internship? Like I I literally didn't think I was gonna get an internship in that point. Like I had, like I, I, I kept pushing, right? I kept pushing because like we're, like we're talking growth mindset, but in comparison to my peers that already had an offer signed in November, I was like, I'm, I don't think I'm getting an internship. Uh, what can I do? And then I started networking in, in the central Florida region, got an unpaid offer there. But in the last minute, I think I had one week until the unpaid internship uh, offer expired. Maybe like four days before that, I got a, a email from a paid internship in Chicago. And then my MLT coach was like, take the interview, like you go into that and then forget about the unpaid, you can do this. I had to take that risky decision to reject a, like a secured internship for the summer and go into an interview process, right? That's hard because you don't know what you're gonna get. Now I, 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 I just, I had the stomach and I did it and I got the, inter- the internship. Like, you know, that's not for everybody. You have to have a hard stomach for that because that could have been, that could have resulted in me not getting anything for the summer. Now, uh, uh, going back in time a little bit, which is why I started talking about this. I applied to this company called DaVita. Great company, healthcare, uh, number two provider of kidney care in the U.S. Uh, international company, Fortune 500, whatever. Um, at that time, I didn't even know what a case interview was and I went into that uh, they gave me an interview I did the case bonded like it was horrible and then they they called me hey Alejandro you didn't make it to the second round okay thank you for the call can I have some feedback right can I have some feedback what happened what could I improve Alejandro I think you need more healthcare experience that this was when I was in Puerto Rico I think you need more healthcare experience uh you could definitely work on cases and in your communication skills. Thank you for the call. I'll call you in a year. 
now I have an internship with that same company. So I spent, I, I spent one year working on my case interviews. They, they told me that I needed healthcare experience. So I joined a healthcare administration program at a university and I applied to the same company, made it to the last round and got the offer one year. That's what it took. And I talk about this because it's the perfect example of how holding on to your, you know, your self value, your self worth pays off one year for one internship. What, what you did is exactly what, again, talk about in this book, like, it's like if you read it already, um, is being strategic with your time, right? Like it's understanding the, the answers to your open book test. Like Davida told you exactly what you needed to work on and you did just that. Like you were strategic with the way you allocated your time and that's why you're able to go back a year and now you're the ideal candidate. I'm sure that the interview process the second round was a lot smoother. Not only because you knew it, but because the people that you work with were like, he did all that. There's no reason why he, he wouldn't be a good fit. That's yeah, yeah. One year of preparation. You know, I like that. It, like I didn't woke up every day, got to train for the Vita. You know, it was in general because I interviewed with an, like a lot of good companies. But, um, you know, I, I always knew that I wanted to apply again to the Vita. And, and I hold on to the contacts, uh, have good relationships now with uh, recruiters and everything. But, you know, I, I didn't say, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm never applying to uh, that company again or uh, same level company again. No, that's just, that's just what it took. You know, I had to learn from the initial mistakes because it was my first time doing it. Now I come back a year again and I'm more prepared and I actually got the position. I, I love it. I love it. Let's transition into LinkedIn. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me about, you know, why, how'd you get into LinkedIn? What made you as a student open up a LinkedIn account? And tell me your journey to where, from the day you started that account, where it was, nothing was filled out to how it looks now. Yeah. So, um, I'm not going to lie and say, oh, LinkedIn, it was the most important thing. I knew it from the start. No, I, I, I opened up a LinkedIn account just out of curiosity. Now, where I started taking LinkedIn seriously was when I got educated on the personal branding, the importance of personal branding and how you can do it physical and online, right? Now, a little bit more advanced, in, in this whole personal branding, specifically on LinkedIn, it's where it's at right now. Like if you're not in, on LinkedIn right now, you're missing out. So you're missing out on recruiters sending you messages. You're missing out on meeting people that work in your specific industry or industries or companies that you're interested in. And you're missing out in just portraying your ideas to a, a extensive network of professionals. So those three things. Now I devote a lot of time to LinkedIn because you can learn so much from the content that is flowing in the feed. So for example, all these companies, McKinsey, PCG, Accenture, uh, JP Morgan, just, you know, you mentioned it, they're posting free content that if you consume just for one minute, you'll be a little bit more insightful. 
just instead of going into Instagram or Facebook one hour, you can spend 30 minutes on LinkedIn or less and you can get more insights instead of looking at memes or in Facebook, right? So, so LinkedIn has uh, a really good opportunity right now and it's only getting better. Tell, have you ever been messaged by a recruiter about a job? I have. Um, I'll say the company because I think it could uh, make a better impact to the conversation. Microsoft sent me a message. And I was like, oh, wow. Did, like Microsoft sent me a message. I, I already accepted my, my, my offer with Navita. But I was like, Microsoft sent me a message. And, and then another company sent me a message. And I was like, this is real, you know, like, like if I didn't have an internship opportunity at that moment, that maybe would have been my door in into a competitive internship. Just, just, just by having a good profile. That's amazing. Yes. Like I'm all about changing the game. I'm all about changing the way that you as a student change it. Like you spend so much time your whole life trying to fit in, but it's all about standing out. And like, I, and I just know like the way that your LinkedIn is set up and, and guys, like, if you go look at it, you're going to be like, well, it looks like another great LinkedIn, like it's filled out. Yes, but 99% of students don't have their LinkedIn filled out. And that's the difference between you applying for 100 jobs or you getting messages from top companies about they're interested in speaking to you. Like maybe he didn't get a contract in, in the message saying, hey, sign here, you're an intern. No, obviously they're going to want to get to know him better and making sure it's a good fit and making sure that the person behind the LinkedIn is actually him and he's done what he said he's done, but it's about just making sure that you are building your personal brand and telling your story on LinkedIn. And, and you don't need to be an expert on anything other than just be yourself, show what you, what you've done so far and what you want to accomplish and then add to the community and be part of the community that's on LinkedIn, man. What, what advice do you have for students um, building a, LinkedIn profile. Well, building an, a LinkedIn profile, you, you want to stand out, right? And you can stand out different ways. Uh, I'll, I'll mention too, through your experiences and through the way you portray your experiences. So you want to give a lot of detail to how you write your experiences because it could be a, a determining factor whether people understand what you did and how valuable you are to maybe their company or to their project. And it's just, it's just a, a, a good advice. You know, you want to give a lot of thought to how you write your stuff on LinkedIn. And now a good way to stand out is creating content. So LinkedIn is open. It has a live video stream available for you. You can upload edited videos and you can create content on these platforms. And like, if you're like me that, you know, maybe I, I've done Instagram and I, I did a Instagram blog, but my content was not directed towards Instagram because Instagram is more culture, funny, um, you know, dumb stuff or, or just music and that stuff. Yeah. 
now my content was directed towards LinkedIn. Now, I haven't started LinkedIn because I'm, uh, you know, some personal reasons, I'm cooking something up. Um, I won't give a lot of insight to that yet. Uh, but as the advice, create content. Like, you can just sit in front of your phone and record five tips that you learned from your last weekend conference at whatever expo that you went or five tips that you've learned from interviewing uh, and that makes you stand out because now you have a voice in a loud feed and then that gets you attention and and then I think even getting to an easier way to stand out on your LinkedIn keep your network posted you know, the, sometimes you want to be too humble and not credit yourself for things that you've done. So if you don't want to, if you don't want to create like five minute, uh, five tips, like in a one minute video, that's fine. Like I, I don't resonate that much either with that. Um, but if you go to a conference, take a picture and post that. If you go to, if you meet somebody interesting, you know, take, take some, a selfie and post that. Like there, there's people that they don't in LinkedIn. Uh, this is professional only. That's part of the professional, you know, development side. And whether you like it or not, LinkedIn is heading towards more of a social media mainstream thing than it was before because it's evolving. You can't stop the inevitable. You know, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So before we wrap it up, because we we we've been actually talking for a while now on this podcast. Um, Tell me a little bit about your podcast and why should students listen to this? So Hustle and Process is a podcast devoted to capturing the process of young professionals and entrepreneurs. So in my podcast, you will hear the people side of, you know, the business. So if I'm interviewing an entrepreneur, I'll be focused on what this entrepreneur was doing before the business, what experiences led that person to start the business. And then a segment, a portion of the conversation will be directed towards the actual experience of, you know, whether landing a competitive job or starting a successful business. So there's a lot of value in capturing the timeline before uh, the actual success that everybody sees. So I kind of think about it as the iceberg. You kind of see the tip, but you don't see what's underneath. So I'm trying to shed some light into that. I love it, man. That's not, I've listened to one episode and I liked it a lot. Um, definitely a lot of insight. And you do a very good job interviewing your guests. So um, looking forward to continue to listen to that. My friend, thank you so much. Last thank you. What do you have to say to the audience? Any last piece of advice? network your butt off that's what i would say like that's true for your initial part of your career your mid level career and your last part of your career never stop networking that's how i've landed a lot of my opportunities and that's how i will continue to land all of my other opportunities so don't stop networking Alejandro, you've been an amazing guest. This has been an amazing episode full of knowledge and an example to students to get involved, network, and just apply, 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 apply. 
Thank you so much, Alejandro, for being. And thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. And catch you guys in the next episode. If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career, doing things like listening to this podcast, putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's going to set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job. Keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.